second episode of the closet of nonsense uh first off i want to say thanks to everybody who actually checked out that first episode uh i gotta be honest with you i was not sure how well it would be received and i got some really great feedback um got a shout out to trevanzi jaramillo uh he got me started in podcasting officially unofficially uh i would just call in him randomly on his on his go from there podcast and he kind of enjoyed the, the the flipping the tables where we'd end up I'd be more interviewing him than him interviewing me and it was kind of fun and and he's always pushed me to kind of move forward and I guarantee you he's going to be a part of of this show um the best part of this he actually called me this week and kind of nitpicked the shit out of it and it was really fun <laughs> I kind of wish we'd recorded that conversation because that dude does not know how to not be sarcastic and it just makes me feel good about the universe when he does that but to those of you that did reach out and say, hey, keep it up, or hey, here's what you can do, or gave advice, um, I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, Job and Skyler, all of us involved, we, we appreciate that stuff. So keep keep that coming. Um, it was actually kind of surprising. A couple of people that I didn't think would be interested have gotten to me, and you know who you are. I hit you up direct, and uh, definitely took that very seriously, your advice. One of the things we did decide is that we are going to be launching a YouTube channel, at the very least, r- around the show. Uh it's going to be a little bit different than most people consider. It won't be every episode. Uh, when it's just me, I'm, I'm not going to do that. There's just no point in you showing me sitting against a wall recording. That's just dumb. But we are going to be doing a YouTube channel, so you will have some visualization. And those of you that use YouTube to podcast, to, to listen to podcasts and things like that, you just plug it in and go. Um, kind of excited to see how that's going to work. I'm hoping the first one of those we do will actually be episode three. Um, we've got now a whole lot of ideas for what we're going to do. We've got a bunch of people that have agreed and reached out and said they want to be on the show, which also shocked me. I was like, well, this is, this is going to be fun. Um, does that mean we have a direction? Fuck no. I still don't know what this show's really about. It is a little bit scattered, um, but I think that's going to be okay. I'm, I'm actually enjoyed hearing some of the weird things people said you should do a show about this you should do a show about that like none of it relates to another and i think that's fucking awesome so please keep those coming i definitely 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 want to use your ideas to move forward and if you want to be on the show you want to come sit here you want to skype or video chat or something like that please let me know because i i want to see that one of the things i wanted to talk about though is i've said that this is going to be a rotating cast of characters Unfortunately, being a grown-up means that occasionally time management gets away from us, and it's out of our control. We've got bosses, we've got jobs, we've got real lives. I want to do all these fun things, but we can't do them. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. You have to deal with it. It is what it is. And Jobin was supposed to do a an episode with me. We were set to record, set to go, and for whatever reason, that just didn't fucking happen. Um, I kind of feel bad. <laughs> I feel really bad. Because he, he was trying and, you know, he's he, it, it's just a difficult situation to be in when you can't tell people that, hey, I need to not be at work right now because I want to go do this thing I want to do. It's because, you know, food, heat, those things are important. So what he and I had planned was to show some production, some things into the music industry. We are working on a project right now, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to show you that quite yet. 
but uh, it'll probably drop before we actually podcast about it at this rate, because that's how the life fucking works. But it, it brought up an interesting point, and we were kind of talking about the things that you don't learn in high school, the shit our parents don't teach us. It, it's really, really ironic to me. Ironic's a bad word. That's not true. It's not ironic. It's just bullshit that our parents let the school systems kind of raise us now because, you know, I, I'm God, I'm old. <laughs> Fuck, I'm old. I, I, I just realized here the other day there's there's 50 days until we're in the next decade, which means I will be in, have been alive in six decades. Now, for very short periods of time in a couple of those, but holy fuck, does that make you feel old? There's just nothing you can do about it. And, and oh my God, <laughs> it just bugged the shit out of me. But I live in a time, and I was born in a time, and most everybody since when I was a kid, our parents both have jobs, if there's even two parents in the household. And they kind of rely on the school system in particular and after school curriculum, you know, sports and things like that to raise us to teach us the things we need to be beneficial parts of society. It sucks to kind of think about it that way. It's almost like our parents passed the buck. I don't think that was it. They just literally went, how the fuck did our parents have time to do this? But for me, my parents, one parent stayed home and the other parent worked. And then they just tag team the hard things like discipline. So that's what they learned. And then when they couldn't do that, they didn't know what to do. And it brought up a whole bunch of points. Like so many people complain to me now, like things that you don't learn in school, like time management. You don't learn those things. They don't teach you that. You, you learn that hopefully if you go to college, how to manage your time. But nine times out of 10, the reason people drop out of college is because they can't keep up with their fucking schedule. They simply can't fucking do it. And, it, you know, be it class schedule, be it work schedule, be it remember to go to the cafeteria, remember to do laundry, that kind of shit, it escapes you because you don't think about it. It doesn't occur to you to think about it when you're in high school and you just come home and your fucking cleats are magically cleaned and your fucking underwear is in the, on your bed. And, and, and yes, I understand this dismissive. There are high school students. There are young children who do laundry and things of that nature. I'm just saying as a general rule, our parents just kind of did shit and it seemed like magic. We weren't expecting them to do that, but we kind of took advantage of that situation. And, and it's something that once we're out on our own, we fucking suck at that. We don't know how to deal with these things. Uh, going to the doctor. That, that's the, the, the first thing I can think of is like, when you're a kid and you have to go to the dentist or you have to go to the doctor, you're sick and you and then your parents say, oh, I'm going to keep you home from school and, and we're going to go to the doctor at this time and then we're going to go to the to the pharmacy and we're getting this prescription and they're going to take care of you and, and I'll be home and I'll check on you. And it, it's kind of Ferris Bueller's day off. Like, yeah, you had parents who went to work, but they still took care of things for you. You didn't necessarily want to go to the doctor, but you knew if you if it was bad enough that you weren't faking and knew that you actually needed to go, you went. It didn't occur to us how that happened. That like our parents like called and made an appointment and checked our schedule and made sure that we were checked out of school and called that in and arranged for time off work to come pick us up and take us there or a friend or somebody else to do those things. That never occurred to me. So when I got sick the first time I was outside of school or when I moved out on my own, I was like, well, this is it. This is how I die. And, and I just accepted that. Like, that was the most natural thing in the fucking world. And I think a lot of people do. They're just like, well, I don't know how to make a doctor's appointment. You, you call the doctor. And we have Google. You can you can actually Google who are the top 10 doctors for my ear infection in my area. And they're going to 
tell you there's yelp there's all these things you can do but we don't think that way we're like oh my god i feel like shit somebody bring me drugs and help me die somebody bring me pedialyte because i know that works that that's our that's our hope going to the dentist i just had a bunch of dental work because i'll admit it i haven't been to the dentist in fucking years because my insurance didn't cover it and going to the dentist is really fucking expensive back in the old in the wild west if you had dental problems you were gonna die it's that serious. We don't think of it that way nowadays, but like, it really is a serious thing. I didn't realize how fucked up my mouth was. I knew it kind of hurt. I knew there was a couple cavities, but ah, who gives a shit? I don't chew on that side of my mouth. That was that was my grand solution. It's really stupid, but that's literally what I thought. I was like, oh, cool. I'll just not use half of my face. I know better because I make doctor's appointments for my kids. I know how to do these things, and yet for myself... It was a real effort. It was like really hard to like, all right, I got to go to the dentist and I got to go to the doctor. And I mean, I've been going to doctors off and on nonstop for years now. And I still forget to make appointments and forget to check things up and forget to pick up prescriptions. Because it didn't occur to me for like the first 10 years out of high school that I should do that. It's just part of being alive now, but I didn't think about that. Not at fucking all. Uh, you know, car maintenance. I got lucky because I had a... I kind of semi-inherited a car from my older sister that was a piece of shit when I got it. Uh, it was a piece of shit before she got it. Uh, 1983 Ford Escort hatchback. Shit brown. Horrible car. Burned a quart of oil a week. Didn't care. Got me around. Got me to work. That's all I cared about was getting to school and getting to work. So that's what I did. So I understood maintenance because the car would light on fire if I didn't check everything every week. But even now, like, I forget I'll be getting ready to go on a road, one of my road trips and I'll be like, oh, I need to check the oil and the coolant and the, you know, windshield washer fluid and things like that. I mean, we rely so heavily on the little lights to go off in our cars now that, oh, my my tire pressure is off. I better go to a shop. No, go spend 50 cents. Put some fucking air in it. Get yourself a, a meter. But these are things that, like, you would be shocked at the number of people who hit me up like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to change a tire or check my oil or check my my fluid i watched one girl at the gas station a week ago literally open the cap on her radiator and be shocked that it like shot the fucking hot foam everywhere and people were screaming at her don't 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 and did it too late she did it and and it just she just didn't know that that's what was going to happen these are things that we probably should have learned like there should be an overall class on don't be stupid or here's how you look up things to not die because there are dumb ways to die and there are dumb ways to fuck yourself up and hurt yourself pretty seriously that people don't even consider most of the time. And I'm, I'm one of those parents that when, when I'm watching my kids, I will always tell them, don't touch that. It's hot. Don't, don't poke that dog. He'll bite you. I'll tell you a couple times, but at a certain point, you're just like, man, you got to learn on your own. Like, I never want my kids to get hurt. I never want them to, to feel bad. But every once in a while, it's like, I've told you how many times that if you do this, you're going to fall on your face. And then now you fell on your face and you're looking at me like it's my fault? No. That's all on you. I love my kids and I want them to be okay. But sometimes in my head, I'm like, you did the dumb. And I know my parents did that with me. The difference between me and my parents is my parents were quite often like, you're an idiot. We watched you do that. We knew you were going to do that. We knew it was going to hurt, but we enjoyed it. It is what it is, I guess. You know, credit. 
car insurance. That's a fun one. Health insurance. Jesus Christ. Different things like that, that we should have, we should have learned a lot of these things in school, but we don't, we don't learn about banking. I mean, there's classes about balancing a checkbook, but you don't really understand that until you're like, Oh shit. My, uh, my electrics turned off because I forgot to send a bill or I got pulled over and I don't have valid car insurance. And the other side of that is don't, don't be blind when your parents do teach you this to, to just take what they say at face value. I know my parents carried the same insurance that their parents ca- carried on their car. And, and when I looked in, I was like, wow, you were overpaying for almost nothing. Why would you do that? But it's only after I educated myself and learned, you know, what insurance really is. Insurance is the shit you don't want. You have to pay for shit. It's, it's like preventative. Fuck my life. <laughs> it's really what insurance is like life insurance should not be called life insurance. It should be death insurance. It, it's not protecting your life. It's protecting everybody after you die because it's expensive to die in the United States of America. It sucks. And there's no one there to pick up those pieces. If you're unprepared. My favorite thing, though, my absolute favorite thing that they, that you just don't learn in school, even though there are entire courses. And like, I know this is an uproar all over the country, all over the world is, is sex ed. You cannot learn about sex. In a classroom setting, you can learn a couple basic things, but in all honesty, it's, 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 oh God, it's so bad. It's so bad. And so, you know, I didn't have the talk. My parents never sat me down and said, you know, we're going to explain sex to you and we're going to explain attraction to you. And no, that didn't fucking happen. And that didn't happen with almost all of my friends. Like maybe we were an anomalous community, but I don't feel like that's as common anymore as, as people think, especially with males with women that may be different. Cause a lot of my female friends have said, yeah, I actually had this weird conversation with my mom and we had to learn things cause the changes came so quickly and we had to deal with my emotional changes and my body changes and you're changing your wardrobe. And I get that. So that makes a little more sense. But as being a guy, it's basically like I'm growing hair in places and I don't understand anything. It's, it's dumb. So puberty is, is horrible. It's like the worst illness ever that you, the everybody gets and, and you don't understand it and you don't understand the hormones and the bullshit and all the things that you're going through. And then they give you a class. They put you in a classroom to try and explain it to you. What the, when is that ever going to work? Cause you're still going to laugh. You're going to laugh at the penis jokes. You're going to laugh at all the other stuff. You're going to make every, I shit you not, my health instructor's name was Miss Cox. Do you know how fucking hard it is to not crack jokes when Miss Cox is telling you about condoms? And maybe I was the only one, but I was in the back of the class just trying desperately to not get thrown in, you know, school jail. I didn't want to get suspended because I wasn't going to be able to do all the fun shit I did at school. Because I wasn't in school for education. I was definitely not there for that. I was there socially, and that was it. But I don't I don't think parents are sitting their kids down and discussing sex anymore. I think we're learning from the internet and learning from a lot of misinformation about what sex really is. And unfortunately, man, my I feel bad for my parents. They thought I had sex a long time before I I was I was a virgin until I was 20. <laughs> and uh I still laugh at that. I still laugh at this issue because my parents were under the impression that I was a sexual deviant at a very young age. 
And so they didn't figure they had to talk to me. And had they talked to me, I might have been not been so fucking terrified. <laughs> I was just scared to death. I thought you were, you know, you were guaranteed to catch an STD and get someone pregnant the first time. That's just how that worked. And, and I know that I'm kind of pleading ignorance because it, it sounds stupid. And I knew better. Logically, I knew better. I'd done the, edu- I, you know, I educationally knew better. But I couldn't get over the fear. It's like this irrational phobia. And I, you know, growing up, I'm, I'm a very open-minded, fairly sexual person. But we didn't talk about things like homosexuality. I mean, I had no idea that, that being gay was different because my sister's best friend was openly gay. It didn't occur to me that was different. And I was from a pretty small town. So I've never really thought of things as, as perversions or deviancies or, or, or different predilections like that. I tend to think of things as you're you. And yet we just don't talk about them unless there's a problem. You don't talk about these things unless there's like an issue. Like, oh my God, I found this really gross. Let's talk about it. Or, oh my God, that's an abomination and we need to talk about it and wipe it out. That's when we start talking about things. And unfortunately, it really, it's just a system that's set up for failure. It's never going to work. And, and religion, politics, sex, everybody has an opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but we don't talk about them in any kind of an intelligent manner to prepare anyone to educate themselves on how to deal with any of those things. And I think that's in many ways how there's so many just bigoted people who don't get it, who don't understand what it is that they even hate or that they're scared of. Um, I just had a friend come out. He's 24, 24 years old. And he just came out and I had a conversation with his mother seven years ago where she was just like, I just wish he would just be open with us. The fact that he's gay. She knew fairly certain that his dad knew, but he didn't want to say it. He didn't want to tell anybody because he still feels that there's this taboo and oh my God, no one's going to, because he's a jock. He's an incredibly successful football player and baseball player. And he was really worried that he was going to get judged for that. And I think everybody knew, but for whatever reason, because he didn't feel comfortable talking about it. Nobody talked to him about it. And that sucks because he's done at his dating. You know, he's never had a relationship and I feel bad because he's like a super sweet dude and he's going to make some guy really fucking happy. And I want him to, but he's, he stopped himself for so long because he was so scared of the stigma attached to that. And these are the things that could be solved. You know, we're not born racist. We're not born bigoted. We learn that. So if you teach the wrong things, or you, you create misinformation, it's, it extends even further and it, and it causes lifelong damage in some instances. It's not that it's not reversible. It's not that people can't change. I do believe that people can change. I just believe it's really fucking hard and exceedingly rare. It's like 2% of people actually change. You got to give them the chance to change. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt, but history does repeat itself. And nine times out of 10, we're fucking morons. And that's just how it works. I don't know. I, uh, I'm just shocked at times when I sit there and I think about the things that I, the questions I get asked and I get asked some dumb questions. I get hit up quite honest because my friends, my best friend called me Google. He would call me, Hey Google. And he'd say something and I could usually answer him faster than Google could. And I get that. And everybody's got those friends or those things that they go to for just asking something, some inane, what time does the movie theater close or what's showing or, you know, how's the fastest way to get to here or what's, you know, where the fuck is Tuscaloosa, Alabama, weird shit. 
I'm great at Trivial Pursuit. I know weird shit. Jeopardy, not so much. Gonna lose. But you want random factoids, I'm your dude. That's the stuff that we put importance on rather than things that set us up to, you know, we should learn how to learn. And if we did that at an earlier age, I think things would be a whole lot better. So, um, I should probably wrap this up because I'm getting long-winded and I still hate my own voice. I actually posted on Twitter the other day, uh, I wonder if uh, vocal dysmorphia is a thing. And I really think that because I, and the more I listen to myself, I've been recording a lot of vocals for music lately. And the more I listen to myself, I'm like, why the fuck would anybody want to hear me? So hopefully you don't hate me. Um, I do promise that we'll be getting more people on the show and it won't just be me. Um, we are going to be getting that YouTube up. We will be getting things set up so you can follow and contact us directly and it won't just be me. Um, in the meantime, again, if you look up psychotic P S I K O T Y K Twitter, Snapchat, any of those, it's probably me. If it's not psychotic, it's psychotic 44 or psychotic photography or something of that nature. Please reach out. I want your ideas. I want your feedback. I want to hear what you have to say and what you want us to talk about, because since there are no real rules or parameters to this, as long as it's not something harmful to somebody else, we're going to listen to it because that's what I want to do. Uh, shouts to, uh, to Dahlia Ray for the track at the beginning of this one. That's actually a track that uh, Jobin and I have been working on. It's unreleased, so I can't show you much more than I did there. But trust me, that one's going to be... That's a fun one that we got getting, getting ready to put out. And then uh, I'm going to leave you with some Elite out of Denver. Because I feel like industrial metal is just good for the soul. Mm-hmm.